If you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been turning things upside down. Specifically, we've been listening to Jesus turn our world upside down through stories that he told called parables. We've been talking about how Jesus told parables to help his followers and to help us live right side up lives in the kingdom of God, wherever and whenever God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And so Jesus' parables take, take what we think we know about the world, how we've been formed to live in the world, and turn, and turn it upside down so that we might live right side up in the kingdom of God. Last week, we explored the parable of the sower and how the parable turns upside down a world of scarcity and invites us to live with a generous God in a kingdom of abundance. And today we look at another parable about seed, another parable about seed, to be converted, in order to be converted from a world of big to a kingdom of small. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, and transform us so that we might bear fruit for your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture lesson comes from Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 32. I invite you to hear God's word. He told another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone planted in a field. It's the smallest of seeds, but when it grows, it's the largest of all vegetable plants. It becomes a tree so that birds in the sky can come and rest in its branches. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, the first question that I had after reading this parable was, so exactly how small is a mustard seed anyway? So... I did what I thought any logical person would do. The first place I went was to my refrigerator. And I pulled out the, mu- I pulled out the mustard bottle. I'm not talking about the, that bright yellow mustard. I'm talking about like, like spicy brown mustard. Because in the back of my mind, I'm like, doesn't it have like small pieces of mustard seed in it? I don't know if that's like ground up mustard seed or if it's spices, but that was where I went first. Needless to say, mustard seeds are very small, okay? The, uh, the, whoever keeps track and measures such things says that a mustard seed is one millimeter in diameter. One millimeter in diameter. That's really, really small. Like, it's hard to conceive of, of something that small being able to accomplish anything being planted in the ground, right? I mean, in my mind, you would think that, that something that small planted would just get totally overwhelmed by the, by the weight of the soil. The second question I had was, okay, well then how big is an actual mustard plant? Well, the kind that grew in Palestine where Jesus lived averaged between four and five feet in height. Four and five feet in height. You know, that really, that's really not that big either considering that Lebanon cedars, which also grew and were native to that area, grew upwards of 130 feet tall. Now, the mustard plant uh, apparently grows wild and germinates very quickly. Pliny, P-L-I-N-Y, 
was a first century naturalist, and he described the mustard plant like this. He says, it grows entirely wild, though it is improved by being transplanted. But on the other hand, once it has been sown, it is scarcely possible to get the place free of it. As the small seed, when it, germ- when it falls, germinates at once. So it sounds like first century kudzu, <laughs> in other words. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and planted in the field. It's the smallest of all seeds. When it grows, it grows into the largest of all vegetable plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds of the sky come in and nest in its branches. So Jesus is comparing the kingdom of God to a tiny little seed that grows into a four-foot-tall invasive bush? I mean, wouldn't you want to compare the kingdom of God to a, a majestic oak tree or, or a magnificent Lebanon cedar? You would in a world where bigger is better. You would in a world where bigger is better. You would, if you were a a first century Jew living under the powerful rule of Rome, who expected God's kingdom to come in a big, decisive way and and liberate you from Rome and vanquish all of your your enemies once and and for all. Jews, in Jesus' day, expected God's kingdom, God's reign to come in a big, powerful, dominant fashion. The kingdom, so people thought, was supposed to be this this mighty display of of God's power over evil. God's defeat of evil and the removal of Rome who was uh, afflicting Israel. And yet, Jesus seems to be turning this mindset, this notion, completely upside down with this parable. God's kingdom starts small and spreads almost Undercover. You know, interestingly, even within the Bible itself, the the image of a cedar tree, a Lebanon cedar tree, was used in Scripture to suggest and symbolize a great and powerful kingdom. In the books of Ezekiel and Daniel, there are both visions of a grand and majestic cedar tree that symbolizes and represents the Babylonian and Assyrian empires, kingdoms, two of the most powerful kingdoms of their day. So surely God's kingdom would be compared to something similar, if not something even grander than that, something even more. You know, we, we live in an age of big, and bigger is better too. We're formed by it, we're exposed to it all the time, and we, we behaved often like it's true. Bigger house is better. Bigger car is better, bigger salary is better, bigger TV is better, bigger church is better, bigger company is better. The, the biggest, most powerful military, the biggest, most powerful nation is best, better. Now, the, the sad reality is that we all intrinsically know that in order to get any attention in this world or in the market, maybe even at our own dinner table, we're going to have to, to live bigger and louder and faster than the person next to us. That's how it works. That's how you get ahead. That's how you grow things. That's how you get a lot of whatever. You've got to go big or go home. Go big or you won't be noticed. Go big or you'll bore someone. 
We've even let that mindset kind of seep into the church, right? Where churches feel pressured like, unless we go big and spectacular, we're not going to vie for and hold people's attention. Our overstimulated brains rush from one epic thing to the next. Everything has to be big and epic. Heaven forbid that we would ever be bored or captivated by the small and the ordinary. Which begs the question, do we really expect God's kingdom to operate in the same way? Do we really expect God's kingdom to operate in the same way? God's kingdom is not going to be like the kingdoms of the world defined by bigger is better, utter domination, epic conquest. It's going to be like the process of planting a a small mustard seed, a tiny mustard seed, and that that tiny mustard seed growing into a a bush that begins to, to take over, persistently take over and provide refuge. Jesus is, of course, in this parable, actually describing his own ministry, if you think about it, and how it operated. The Son of God, the the King of all kings, born to an obscure Middle Eastern family in a small cave or stable in a small corner of of the world underneath the nose of one of the most powerful empires the world has ever known. The one who's worthy of all honor and glory and praise and fanfare spent decades, decades in obscurity and, and ordinariness. The incarnate God spent his days quietly. A man who went to work, who, who got sleepy, who lived a pedestrian life among pretty average people. Jesus' brief three-year ministry wasn't spent gathering some epic army to go sack Rome. It was spent going around healing one person at a time, eating at one sinner's home at a time, teaching people, noticing outcasts, inviting a group of of ragtag followers to to come and learn from him. In other words, just just a mustard seed planted that began to spread. What was happening with Jesus and his disciples? That that small little movement in in Palestine while Rome still ruled with an iron fist? Could that that movement really be the beginnings of God's kingdom on earth? Jesus and his ministry took place in a small, rather insignificant corner of the world, and yet it changed everything. It changed everything. And it still does. It still does. The kingdom which, which has begun with Jesus did not come with a glorious bang and, and the defeat of Rome. Rather, it, it comes almost unnoticed. But everything that was needed, all that was necessary, is already there. All a mustard, seed, all a mustard plant needs to begin is a small seed. All the kingdom needs is just a small act, ordinary obedience, day-to-day courage, doing justice and practicing kindness. And before you know it, all heaven starts breaking loose. All heaven starts breaking loose and growing right, 
right under our noses, right when the world is looking for big and for epic. You know, when I, when I lived in, in Rocky Mount, there are, about, there are two things you could basically count on in every yard. A gigantic pine tree and an azalea bush. Like, that, that, that's, there's a lot of things about Rocky Mount, but you'd be safe to think, think pine trees and azalea bushes, okay? The pine trees, I mean, you know, 100, 100 feet tall, massive pine trees. And azalea bushes, you know, three, four feet, maybe if it's an old, a big one, maybe six feet tall. And the interesting thing was they were almost always, uh, azalea bushes almost always planted at the base or in the shadow of, of a pine tree there. And it always struck me, right, that size contrast of the pine tree and the azalea bush. You know, sometimes I want God's kingdom to be more like that pine tree. Massive, big, towering, majestic, dominating the surrounding landscape. I want God to do something big and decisive and to do it now. And so often, like, that's, that's what I look for. I pay attention and look for big pine trees when God's kingdom is operating more like the azalea bushes in the shadow of the big pine tree. Jesus' parable challenges us to see that. The parable is a challenge to, to, to our human judgment about smallness and insignificance, especially when it comes to God's kingdom, God's movement in the world. No one, no one should be put off by what seems small and unimpressive. Like any tiny mustard seed that grows into a plant so the kingdom of God is present even, even if small, hidden, or unnoticed, or ignored at first. It was, after all, a small group of Jesus followers who, who trusted with their very lives that Jesus rose from the dead and met daily and, and, and blessed others and preached the word and shared what they had together, did life together. It was, after all, small but important choices made by, by some farmers to let runaway slaves stay in their barns or their houses. It's a part of the Underground Railroad. It was a tiny village of Le Chambon, France, that in the shadow of Nazi Germany sheltered and hid thousands of Jewish children in World War II. It was... Rosa Parks, whose small gesture of not giving up her seat on the bus in Montgomery, Alabama, that helped launch the civil rights movement. It's helping kids with homework after school so we know they have a chance to make it. It's creating a space for families to belong, to become, to bless in an extended family together. And God's mustard seed kingdom advances and comes. When a child reluctant to go to church experiences God's love in the kids' church leader, 
when a youth experiences the presence of God in a neighbor serving on a mission trip. When an estranged family member's forgiveness reunites a torn apart family. When an employer takes a chance and hires a man with a felony on his record, giving him dignity and another chance at life. When a man leaves water in the desert for migrants fleeing their home countries. Every time that we make a small choice toward justice, seek to share instead of hoard. Extend mercy to those around us, kindness to those with whom we disagree. Every time that we say, I forgive you, God's mustard seed kingdom comes. And nothing, nothing ultimately can stop its spread. So maybe, just maybe, the, the place of God's kingdom is the small moments like a small piece of artwork on my mantle says, pay attention to the small things in life. One day you'll discover they were the big things. Maybe that's how God's love is slowly but surely invading our hearts and this broken world. So don't underestimate the smallness of a mustard seed or the small beginnings of God's kingdom. Jesus said that with faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Living right side up lives means that God's kingdom is more like a mustard seed into a mustard plant than a mighty oak or majestic cedar. It's pervasive, not dominant. A small seed that grows into a big bush that you can't get rid of, that provides shelter to to birds of all kinds. Yeah. I think back to what Pliny said about the mustard plant. When it has once been sown, it is scarcely possible to get the place free of it. Amen. May it be so with God's kingdom. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.